no timeline, everyone associated with the Pirates will attest, and they'll do so uniformly as if it's reversed. There's no timeline. There's also no rebuild, according to Ben Charrington. But there is one thing that Charrington will spit out occasionally that gives you some idea as to what he's thinking, or at least what he's hoping. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. I also do Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins, for those of you who are into the football-slash-hockey thing. This one is just for the baseball thing. And today's subject is probably, other than payroll, the number one thing that I'd say you hear from the more casual fans, the people who will account for a sellout of PNC Park as opposed to just, you know, the 11,000 or 12,000 who are just totally diehard invested. And that's probably the actual number. Meaning in the actual Pittsburgh region with a chance to go to games. And I understand it. Um, We're wounded in a lot of ways as people who follow baseball in Pittsburgh. One of those ways goes clear back to 1997 when Cam Bonifay, the general manager at the time, uttered the now infamous phrase, five-year plan. Every time anyone mentions the Pirates trading for a prospect or something related to the minor league system, there's always going to be somebody, usually someone older, who will come back with, Yeah, another five-year plan. Oh, five-year plan, five-year plan. Here we go with another five-year plan. No one other than Bonifay associated with the Pirates has ever been dumb enough to use that term because of the negative connotation that it takes on. There is no five-year plan. I don't believe that Bonifay had a five-year plan because if you'll recall... Again, those of you who go back there, that the 1997 team, the one with the $9 million payroll, that went into the final weekend of the regular season with a chance at winning the division before falling short of the Houston Astros, ended up 79 and 83. That was the best of Cam's teams, as it turned out. (laughs) So his five-year plan was really a one-year plan that had nowhere else to go. It was nothing of the kind. Charrington doesn't have a five-year plan. He doesn't have a four-year plan. He doesn't have a anything-year plan. He just doesn't. It's not something that he's holding secret. It's not something that he has in a, you know, a binder or a portfolio somewhere hidden under his desk that no one else can find. It's just not there. It doesn't exist. He doesn't view the process of building... Uh, I always hesitate to say this word in association with the Pirates, but I really shouldn't because this is the goal, championship. He doesn't see it as having anything to do with building a championship team. The time element doesn't. It just doesn't. Not to him. 
He has mileposts along the way. He has boxes that he wants to check. But to look at the current situation that the Pirates roster is in, the 25-man roster, the 40-man roster, and even further by extension, the state of the minor league organization as a whole, including players who don't have to be protected on the 40 just yet, he couldn't possibly have any idea. He just couldn't. He couldn't know if he's got some diamond in the rough, maybe somebody that Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark messed up, certainly not out of the realm of possibility. He doesn't know if maybe somebody from these recent drafts will be a total bust or a total boom. You have no idea. You have no idea about stuff that's in the minors. You know what else he can't know, although he's got a clearer view of it now than he did a handful of months ago? He doesn't even know what he has in Pittsburgh. I was joking with him not that long ago about Brian Reynolds, and I said, you you understand, this version of Reynolds that you just saw in 2020, none of us ever laid eyes on this individual before. He didn't look anything like this. And, and, And Ben laughed about that the same way he did when I brought up the reverse going all the way back to the previous December at Pirates Fest. He knows. He's seen the film. He's seen the numbers. He's seen the data. He knows what Reynolds is supposed to be. So I'm just kidding around here. But when he looks at the current roster and when he talks about the future, there is one clue that he gives. And he has said it several times to lots of different people. And that is this. When the Pirates become good again, when they get back to winning, Charrington's belief is that there are a few players currently on the active roster, active roster, not organization-wise, not counting prospects or whatever, that he believes will still be or could still be on the team. Now, he could be blowing smoke. He could be trying to make sure that he doesn't bury the guys that are here. Uh, He wants to make sure that they have some sense of hope, some sense of direction, like whatever it is that the Pirates are building, that they too could be part of it. But chances are he's also probably right. It's not a long list, that's for sure. And the relative individual performances that we just saw in 2020 would seem to make the list that much shorter. But I'll start with Kibrian Hayes. I'll throw in a Mitch Keller. I, me, I happen to believe in Brian Reynolds. I think you're going to see a terrific year out of him, a real bounce back, confident in it. I'm not anywhere near as confident in Kevin Newman, but I'm also not ruling it out. What are we up to now, four? I'm not sure. I I, I don't, you know, there are players, prospects like Blake Cedarland, Cedarland, excuse me, who who made a cameo near the end of the season. Kid can throw 100 miles an hour. He's not going to be disappearing, you know. He might not be in Pittsburgh right away, to start 2021, being that he's never pitched above double A other than the cameo in the majors. 
but he's going to be part of it. You're going to find room for someone who can throw 100. How about JT Brubaker? There's another one. He's a little bit older, but age isn't really the thing here. It's about service time. It's about uh, how long the team has you uh, under control or holds your rights. JT Brubaker just showed up in the major leagues this past season. You want another guy that's a little bit older that still figured to be around here for quite a while? How about Chad Cool? Remember that all that time isn't, you know, didn't push Chad Cool any closer to free agency. He could still be here for a while and still be a very good starting pitcher in the major leagues. If you're waiting for me to go on and on and on, I don't have any more. <laughs> I mean, there might be a couple here or there. I didn't mean to make it sound like half the team is going to be around, and I don't think that's the way Charrington is thinking either. I really don't. When he uses the terminology, he, he he's careful with it. He'll say, uh, you know, a few, a handful, whatever it is. Some guys is the way he'll put it. He doesn't say half the team, most of these guys, or anything like that. He keeps it modest. He keeps it realistic. And, and I think that's about right. I think this is a team that's got some guys who will be part of it. And if that sounds laughable to you now, think back to the Pirates losing 105 games in 2010. Better yet, go look at the roster of that team from 2010 and look at some of those names on there. And then from there, remember the enormous roles that Andrew McCutcheon, Neil Walker, and a handful of others from that team ended up playing when the Pirates did get good again. It's a very, very realistic, plausible concept. It's not a hard date. It's definitely not a five-year plan, but it's something. It's something. When we come back, you know, more baseball. Don't take Kumar Rocker in the draft next year, number one overall. It's funny that this hardly ever comes up. It's just assumed this is the guy, this is the way it's all lined up, the Pirates hashtag tanked for Kumar and all that other stuff here. The fact of the matter is, no one associated with the Pirates, most prominently, obviously, Ben Sherrington, has stated that they're going to take Rocker, nor have they even hinted at it. Uh, it's rare when that does happen for any team, but it does happen. There are cases where a player is just so overwhelmingly obvious as the choice in any sport that you'll see teams have discussions with the player, with the representative, uh, even go public with it. In football just now, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals reach out to Joe Burrow uh, the day before the draft and actually fly him up to Cincinnati and everything else. It's, it's, again, not the norm, 
but it happens. Last week at the winter meetings, Ben Charrington was asked about the draft. Kumar Rocker's name came up, but he didn't go anywhere near it. And this is going to end up, I'm predicting right here, turning some fans off. And I can understand it even if it's not necessarily appropriate. Here's why. The reason I can understand it is that Pittsburgh baseball fans have every reason to want to find something to get excited about. Rocker can be that. Rocker can be that guy who, even though it's going to take him a couple of years or whatever his timeline ends up being to get to Pittsburgh, he's at least hope. Fans, first and foremost, want hope. I have learned that in the business. That is so far at the top of anyone's list. Uh, I could give you examples from all different kinds of sports, but the best one that I have is when the Steelers would face the Patriots in the playoffs and everybody would tune out. I mean beforehand, because it was just like there was no hope. It wasn't just that the Steelers had ascended to that portion of the playoffs. Even if it was the conference final, it didn't matter because no one had any hope. See ya! With the Pirates, hope, of course, takes on different forms. Hope comes with looking farther into the future than you'd rather do as a fan of any sports team. But it's still there. So you want to start thinking about Rocker. You want to start picturing him or someone who can come up and get everyone at PNC Park excited and behind the team again. But Charrington isn't going to give it to you. And there are a couple good reasons for that. One is that the baseball draft is by far the most fickle draft in all of sports. Baseball just does not lend itself to easy forecasting of an individual's abilities to make it to the majors. It just doesn't. If you even get analytical about it, and break down the number of picks who end up making it all the way to the majors, and then who end up having an impact in earlier rounds versus those in other sports, it's not even close. It's not even close. Baseball is by far the most difficult. That can also be true of number one overall, number two overall picks. There are clear and glaring busts. And remember, there's no Cleveland Browns in this draft doing dumb things to skew the statistics. This is this is over a significant period of time. We don't know what's going to become of Kumar Rocker between now and the next draft. We don't know if he's going to get hurt. We don't know if his performance will fall off. We don't know if all of a sudden he'll come up with some kind of control, command issues, that he might run into some adversity that he hadn't experienced before. In the calendar year 2020, Kumar Rocker threw a grand total of 17 innings. That's it. That is the entire body of work from this year that the Pirates will have to go on. Is it still immensely likely that they'll take him? Sure. He is seen as that caliber of talent. Uh I don't know that he 
will end up rising to the prospect level that we saw from, like, uh, I have to go back to Steven Strasburg, I guess, where he was just so far head and shoulders above everybody else that you, know, you could put him on the cover of magazines before he was ever selected. This isn't, this isn't that player. This might be a little bit closer to Garrett Cole. I'm not comparing them as pitchers or whatever else. I'm, I'm giving you this in one specific context. The Pirates would be absolutely nuts. They'd be negligent if they didn't do their homework, not just on Rocker, not just on the top five guys, the top 10, the top 20, the top whatever it takes. When you have the number one overall pick, you can't miss. You can't have the Angels taking Mike Trout at number 23 overall. You can't have Albert Pujols falling to the fifth bleeping round. You can't do that. You've got to cast the widest possible net. You have the right to choose the best player available in the North American pool, meaning United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. You have to look way past one player and one campus that right when we come back just one question Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Just One Question, and that's always brought to you on this program by Mike's Beer Bar, which is very much open for business. Even though eateries across the Commonwealth are closed on the indoors for indoor dining until January 4th, Mike's is still serving fresh, hot food from Chef Elena's kitchen. It's to go. And he's still got all of his... 500 beers on tap, 80 at least of the local variety. Check out mikesbeerbar.com for more information and go tell Mike that we sent you there. Today's Just One Question comes from Stephen Taylor who asks, how does Kebrian Hayes rank among recent Pirates' top prospects? We've seen everything from Pedro to Kutch slash Cole, what is his floor and ceiling? Well, the first reflexive response that I have to that is that I really hope Kebrian is seen as his own guy. Uh, he doesn't have much in common at all with any of the three players that you just mentioned. I've heard a lot about him compared to Kutch and I mean, I can see some of it. You know, you see the the excitement of the base paths. 
you see the you know the the power that's there. Uh, he's not a bigger guy. Kutch obviously isn't a bigger guy either, and there's some of that there. But at the same time, uh, Ke Brian comes as his own player, and he's going to bring his own skill set, his own personality, and his own dynamic to this lineup and to this infield. I don't know that I ever looked at Andrew McCutcheon, for example, with all due respect to his gold glove and everything else, as an elite defensive player. That's not a criticism. Kutch was really good, okay? (laughs) But Kutch didn't have the arm. Kutch, at least according to the more advanced analytics, which are obviously there to be trusted, didn't have as great a range as what, what a lot of people seem to think. Hayes at third base looks like he can be special, like generational type special. We have always appreciated those kinds of players in Pittsburgh. Uh, Going back to uh, my childhood, the players that have always kind of stood out to us, whether it's Tony Pena behind the plate, Andy Vance like in center field, Jack Wilson at shortstop. You're looking for guys who are just way above, who do things that are spectacular. That's a lot of what we've already seen from this kid in a brief glimpse. We're talking about a month of baseball here, and his first month on top of that. So I I think of him from the defensive standpoint first, and I'm not sure that I'd say that about anybody else that was on your list, certainly not Pedro Alvarez. But we also saw this kid hit out of his gourd. And that's where I get a little nervous because I think the moment he's not hitting out of his gourd, there's going to be a whole lot of, well, maybe he wasn't that great, he wasn't that special or whatever, as if he's supposed to be a a right-handed Ted Williams. He wasn't going to hit 400 for his whole career. My answer to your question, I'm tempted to punt on it, but that's not why you asked it. I'd like to think he can be seen around baseball at a level that Kutch was, but that's a long ways off, man. Kutch accomplished a lot over a long period of time, and I don't mean to talk about Kutch in the past tense. I'm just referring to his Pittsburgh career. Garrett Cole, you can look at him in a different prism because he became uh, inarguably the best pitcher in baseball after he left. There are people who did see that that was possible. There are people who did see that it wasn't going to be possible because of the way he was being instructed by the Pirates' previous management and coaching staff. But that's looking at somebody on a different scale. Is Kebrian Hayes going to be the best player at his position the way Garrett Cole has turned out to be the best at his? Again, that's asking an awful lot. Is he going to be a bust like Pedro? And if that sounds mean, so be it. Pedro is basically out of baseball after a handful of years. I mean, the fact that he could occasionally pop a ball 500 feet, that's great. But, you know, for... A player who was a de facto number one overall, there was a another player taken ahead of him, but only because Tampa Bay didn't want to pay Pedro. That's 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 a bust. So Kebrian Hayes has his own tracks to put down. And and I'm super excited to see 
where they lead, but I'm also going to be patient with him. Thanks so much for the question. Really good stuff, Steve. Thanks to everybody for listening. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.